Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Cross the Bifrost, the Mighty Thor podcast, where each and every week we explore the world of Marvel's Mighty Thor. On today's episode, we continue our chat with Stephen Backhouse. We continue the uh, the adventure we've been taking through the original Sin story arc. Last week, we covered the main beats and uh, ups and downs of that story, and really focused in on Thor's involvement at the beginning of the episode, but then we just kind of we blew up the conversation later on and we talked about the Punisher and Nick Fury and the Watcher and everything in between the Winter Soldier. And Steven even gave us <laughs> kind of a complete offshoot of the, the regular conversation. He gave us his breakdown of the recent Spider-Man No Way Home movie. So Lots of great stuff in that episode. I hope you enjoyed that one. Today, we are going to dig into a original Sin tie-in story entitled Thor and Loki, The Tenth Realm. This was a five-issue story that went alongside with original Sin that follows up with part of Thor's realization in original Sin that he has a sister and that there is a tenth realm. All this time, we've known the realms of, of, of Asgard and the realms of Idrisil, the world tree, there's nine realms, just nine. Well, now there are 10. So we jump into this story, break down the five issues, uh, kind of in a, a broad overview. Stephen and I just talk about the things we like from this. And Stephen at the end of the episode gives us kind of a, um, a primer on who Angela is. She's from the Spawn universe, the Todd McFarlane, Neil Gaiman controversy. We talk about that. There's a lot in this episode, a lot to enjoy and walk away with. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope that you go out and read this story and you check it out for yourself. That being said, I want to also encourage you, uh, if you want to go out and check something, check out something else, we encourage you to go rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes. If you're not already subscribed, that'd be awesome. You can also follow us and rate us on Spotify now, which is a great, another great way to engage with the show. This is something that I need to be better at. <laughs> I need to, I'm just going to bear my soul for you for a second. I need to be better at telling you that we have a Patreon we have a Patreon and we're putting up some fresh content this week where I'm going to start a Patreon exclusive little uh, show called I've Got Issues, where I tell you everything else that I'm reading and what I'm enjoying outside of the world of Thor comics. So if you want to hear more, uh, more talk of me even covering some DC comics. I'm going to cover some, I'm going to cover some Superman, some Batman. It's nuts. Um, you want to hear me cover those issues? Go join our Patreon for a few dollars a month. You can be a part of our Thor core and you can get all that bonus content that is exclusive to our Patreon members. So be sure to go do that. And that'd be a great way to support the show. We'll do all the other stuff at the end of the episode. That stuff can wait. That stuff can wait for the end of our conversation with Steven Backhouse. Today, we're going to be covering, like I said, Original Sin, Thor and Loki, The Tenth Realm, with our special guest, Dr. Stephen Backhouse. Well, everybody, welcome to part two of our conversation with Stephen Backhouse. Uh, we'll, we're going to jump into a 
a side story that was going along at the same time as Original Sin, which Stephen and I covered on last week's episode. This is a side story that focuses in on Thor and Loki and their response to Thor finding out because of the secrets of the Watcher being released into the Marvel Universe. He finds out that he has a sister. And for a portion of the main story, Thor flies off and he's got to find the answer to that question. Luke Cage is even like, come on, dude, we're, we're doing something right now. Like, do you really have to go figure this out now? And Thor flies away. He's like, oh, sorry, I can't hear you. Bye. Like, <laughs> and so they, he flies off and he and Loki go searching for his lost sister. Um, but I, I have I have introed too long. Our, our esteemed guest, Stephen Backhouse, is back. Stephen, uh, for those that weren't able to join us last week, maybe just uh, tell people a little bit about yourself um, and uh, what uh, what you do. Uh, I am a writer. I'm a, I write philosophy books. I write politics books. I write theology books. I think a lot about the relationship between politics and religion. Um, I used to teach for various universities, um, and now I'm a freelancer. So I, I often do some teaching or writing for organizations that ask me to bring, and they bring me in to help them think about how they structure themselves, how they use their power, how they organize themselves. And I do a lot of work with politicians as well, or people training in the world of government and politics who are trying to use their power well. And that's okay. what I do. And that's that's good fun. But I don't get to talk about Loki and Thor very much. So No, you do not. <laughs> I can't imagine that comes up a lot. Like, yeah, yeah. But we, I do talk about gods, gods and and, yes. uh, and original sin. This is an original sin storyline. and all yes. that. I do talk about that stuff from time to time. So this is yeah. a fun mixture. <laughs> so th this story this storyline um speaking of the original sin yeah we, uh, if you haven't listened to last week's episode go do that it's really it really would be a good background for this story that focuses in on thor um the original sin storyline as a whole is not a thor centric storyline like you know say the war of the realms would be the war of the realms is uh another Jason Aaron crossover that is very Thor centric. I would say original sin is Thor adjacent. Um, it's weird. Cause he gets really prominent splash pages and stuff in original right? sin. And then he's hardly there at all, but like, now we find out why it's this. Yeah. Is the yeah. So this is what, if, if you read original sin and you're like, why is a Thor podcast covering original sin? This is really the story of why yeah. we're doing this because when Thor flies off and when Luke Cage doesn't understand why Thor is flying off, which is one of my favorite panels, uh, Thor flies back to Asgard and he's like, I need answers. I need answers. And uh, Freya uh, kind of sends him off to be like, well, uh, uh, the answer is out there. We, you lost a sister way back when, um, but you know, if you think it's out there, you know, she almost kind of talks him out of it. And Thor's like, I know what I saw. Like, I know what I heard, you know, um, I know there is a 10th realm, he says. Yes, there is a 10th realm. Uh, and so he enlists Loki to help him and they are able to uh, they're able to enter uh, through something called the flux to the 10th realm, which is the realm of heaven. H-E-V-E-N. It's heaven because yeah. it's inhabited by angels and, you know, it's very. Uh, it's inhabited by magic, the gatherer. It is, yeah, it is, it is. If you took a, a do you ever play magic? Oh my god, seraphs, yeah. Oh my, yeah, they, they are, yes, they are. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna, yeah, there's so many great, 
so many great references I could do there. Um, so, uh, you know, I'll just do it. Angela reminds me of a magic, of a magic card. Uh, I believe it's entitled Aurelia, the war leader. Um, okay. That's essentially who she is. Uh, yeah. So uh, anyway, that whole, oh my gosh, I've never actually been embarrassed for a nerdy reference in this podcast, it's like 60 episode history. I think I just reached my one bit of like, I can't believe I just referenced Magic the Gathering. Um, <laughs> but it's fine. It's fine. Uh, so they go on this trip to basically uncover answers. And Thor brings Loki along because Loki is helpful when it comes to getting information. And also uh, from the previous uh, <laughs> the previous issues of Loki, Agent of Asgard, which we covered a long time ago with Dan the Articulator, we... Uh, which go check out that episode that was a really fun really fun uh, episode but we learned that Loki owes Thor a favor and Lo and Thor is cashing in his favor now and this uh, this story takes them to heaven where they fight their way uh, through all these angels and you learn a lot of backstory between the angels and Odin that there was backstabbing involved and the angels were, they were told to guard Earth, guard, guard Midgard uh, for Odin. And um, then they turned on him and they made backdoor deals and all this, all this convolution happened. They're like sexy Ferengi. <laughs> if you want to get yes. ready, they're like the sexy Ferengi. They, they do yes. everything for money. Yes. I, quite, I like that. That was fun. They're Ferengi angels. They're like, looking at. Uh, yeah, they're just like, we'll do anything for, for a price. Star Trek yeah. Next Generation reference. I, I really <laughs> like that. Uh, which I'm just going to ask right now, Stephen, are you a huh? Kirk or a Picard guy? Uh, Picard guy. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Heck, heck yeah. Well, William Shatner can go to space, but Patrick Stewart will always be Patrick Stewart. So uh, anyway, in my current events reference. Uh, I'm, probably, I'm probably a Deep Space Nine guy more than anything, actually. Really? Yeah. Yeah, pound for pound, I probably enjoyed that more than okay. Uh, Next generation. That, I'm yeah. slowly getting through Next Generation, and uh, I'll have to. I'll have to yeah, check but I'm older than you, so I, that, I, I, I was watching it the first time around. I remember. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm the, net, I'm the Netflix kid, um, yeah, yeah. burning through it. Uh, but back to Thor, man. Back geez. to Thor. <laughs> gotta, gotta, gotta actually. Uh, back people, to the sexy Ferengi. These people, angels. People came here for one thing. Uh, it was not next generation. Uh, so when they get to heaven, uh, Loki goes off and has a conversation with the queen of the angels and sets up kind of a deal to betray Loki, you know, or betray Thor, you know, standard Loki yeah. stuff. And yeah. uh, Thor, it, Thor spends most of these issues fighting through, uh, you know, uh, how do I put this? <laughs> like, he's not fighting like trolls. He's fighting like these, hot winged like warrior princesses and he's got this rage in him because he's looking for his lost sister he wants the answer to this question and he comes into contact with angela who yeah is a she's the the she's the hunter they refer to her as the hunter um the hunter captain or something like that she's a big deal among the angels of heaven um and I know that there's a history with this character, Stephen, that you know a little yeah. bit about that I'm honestly a novice about, but it involves Todd McFarlane and Neil. Yeah, Dick like this this is an interesting character. I mean, you should finish your storyline recap and then we can talk about yes. the real world. So, then, so what happens is uh, Loki 
Loki makes a deal with the queen of queen of heaven and uh, to betray Thor. And he goes off to um, goes off with all these angelic, you know, uh, armies and ships to destroy Asgard because the queen of heaven wants Asgard destroyed because Odin and her don't like each other, essentially. Um, and Loki takes her there, takes her forces there. And instead of destroying Asgard, they unlock the prison of the gods where Odin is being kept. And Thor and Loki uh, backstabs the angels to free Odin and Odin and Thor and Loki go back to heaven and they confront the queen and they tell Angela that she is the daughter of Odin than the sister of Thor and Loki. And that's kind of the, the big points um, that the storyline covers. And then they all go off in their own direction afterwards. Is so. she, yeah, I, because she goes off like to this, her own series. But there's quite a, an opening. The, the opening scenes are of the Queen of Heaven killing uh, Odin's daughter, right? In, in yeah. some sort of retribution. And then you can see the knife come down, and everybody, Freya and Odin, think that this girl is dead. This little baby girl is dead. And it's this shocking event. Yeah. Then we find out pages and pages and pages later that oh surprise surprise actually the baby didn't die and actually she was raised as the queen of heaven's daughter and it's angela yeah. right uh, so i don't know i i i i one of the things that i it kind of bugged me about this was like yeah. that's not a surprise like we all knew this right we were <laughs> even told this for, like somewhere like we were told thor has a sister right yeah and it was kind of weird that this this thing took hundreds of pages to tell you that Thor has a sister. And it's like, there's this weird storytelling where like, we all knew something that none of the characters knew. Page we had to fight page. all this way to get to that information that we already knew. <laughs> Which I found a really weird, I found it hard to get into this story for that reason, actually. Okay. It's, kind of, it's like, I don't know. I, Thor having a sister is, is great. That's a cool idea. The 10th realm, that's a great idea. But they were setting it up as if it was a mystery that was going to be revealed at the end. Yeah. I was like, there's no mystery here. <laughs> We're just, <laughs> what's the mystery? Honestly, the, 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 the most compelling parts of this story were the last few pages of the last issue. Right. Where Odin is like, you know, Hey, you, you are my daughter. Like you don't have to be with them anymore. And she's yeah. like, no, you're not my dad. Like uh, it, it almost, it yeah. mirrored, for me, it mirrored Odin's relationship with Loki if you know if maybe the roles have been switched right because, yeah 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 and and uh angela she doesn't like go up and be like hey dad and like give him give him a hug no she doesn't that is definitely yeah. not the vibe uh but we know it's true so i i'm sure someday we will cover the the limited series that spun out of this the angela uh asgard's assassin i think is the okay title. We'll cover she that was like later. a they made her a guard one of the guardians of the galaxy for a while as well yeah. and we yeah. will we will someday cover as guardians of the galaxy uh, as that guardians will be, of the that'll galaxy. be fun because uh, that crosses you know two two worlds that i really enjoy oh, but um yeah she she does not end the story with um i would say a resolution that we um that is uh how do you put this they're not buddy buddy at the end it's like oh. the end of the story is okay the information that we thought was true is true now everybody go their own way 
what happens what is thor's arc here because it's weird like for a story that has thor in the title yes he doesn't really he's not really a character really he just is a he's just fighting people all the time he doesn't yeah, so... i don't get much sense of his story of his emotional arc at all here i think i think his story in the in these in these five issues is one more of a of aggression and being feeling like information was kept from him yeah and and being almost not maybe not maybe being betrayed but realizing that secrets were kept from him and because of the original sins being released into the marvel universe yeah. He now knows that there's a whole realm of 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 the world that he didn't know about. Um, I think it's more. Yeah, it actually more comes back on him and Odin, which with Thor, everything comes back to his relationship with Odin. It, eventually, it always does. And yeah. uh, I think more Such his bad dad. There's like this scene where Odin goes, I love you. I love all my children. They're like, no, I was going to talk about that. <laughs> that is one of my favorite. So. I actually, I think I screenshotted that. I'm going to, good grief. Yeah, there's a little tear going down his look, cheek. Look at me and my professionalism. Uh, so the, 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 uh, the panel says this. And Loki and Thor are talking. And then ahead of them, Odin is having this, uh, this uh, he's saying this out loud, which is ridiculous because it feels like a thought bubble. Um, right. But he says, my children, my sons and my daughter and my child who is both so strong and so quick, so brave and so cunning. I know you, I know everything you are, and I love you very, yeah. very much. The least Odin-like line that has ever been written for him, like in comics. Is, it's very weird. And, yeah. then, and then Thor says, father. And Loki, Loki's like, father, like very like down. And he said, and Odin kind of breaks from the emotional thing he's like enough i will say no more like and then you pan back to future loki who's looking back at this he's like you never once said that to me yeah what yeah. the hell yeah, yeah and just kind of that was my favorite panel um when it comes to like i didn't expect it i didn't yeah, expect, I didn't odin expect to say i love you yeah odin is yeah. your odin is your greatest generation dad like he doesn't yeah. say that. Um, yeah so there's a lot of different beats toward the end that I'm like, that's what I would have loved to parse out more. Like, yeah, I like the idea of, of bad Loki, bad future Loki. Uh, I like the idea of young, of young agent Loki trying to rebel against his future self. I quite enjoy that. That's it's a great series. That it's is a good series. series. Is that from the agent? Is that agent of Asgard? That's agent of Asgard. And and what's kind of cool about this series was it was it was co-written by Jason Aaron, who is you know one yeah. of the quintessential Thor writers, and it was co-written with Al Ewing. Yeah. See, this is Al Ewing is a revelation to me. I really enjoyed his stuff. So so what was yeah. the first thing of Al Ewing's you you read? The 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 Hulk stuff. The red. Okay. Was it? What's the whole storyline like? It's the red door, the green door, the. Uh, it's immortal, immortal Hulk. Immortal Hulk, yeah. Which, oh boy, like that is, that is a whole big can of worms. Like it's so, it's such a great yeah. series and revitalized the Thor character, the uh, Hulk character. Um, yeah, yeah. But Al Ewing is Al Ewing's work with Loki also is really okay. good because he digs into like Loki versus his more evil sinister self and 
you know, a female Loki gets thrown in there, you know, because... And you can really see the, the imprint of that on the, the Disney Plus series, right? The Loki. Yeah, yep. Yeah, which oh. is fun. I, I kind of caught whiffs of that. So I watched the Disney Plus and I really liked it. I was yeah. like, yeah, I know that there's something going on here with the Loki storylines, which I haven't been following, but... Yeah, I would yeah. highly recommend Agent of Asgard, which is, you know, going on at the same time as this. Um, yeah. Do you know, I actually, I know, I am one one phone call away from tom hiddleston <laughs> you we are. have a mute we have a mutual friend i would love to i don't know how i could ever get get loki on the phone but if my life depended on it put it that way i could get tom hiddleston on the phone if my life depended on it <laughs> by the way in any conversation any conversation you lead with that <laughs> like i am one phone call away i'm one degree I, I, from tom I know, i'm friends with somebody that went to school with tom hiddleston so there you go Oh my gosh. So actually, you know what? Let's let's talk about this because the storyline of these issues is pretty simplistic. And um it's yeah, maybe it something is... it could have been done in three issues. Um, I'm a fan of Jason Aaron and Al Ewing, but together they didn't I don't know. This was a weird one. I, I told you this off 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 mic that I didn't yeah. enjoy this one as much. I liked original sin that we did last week. I really liked yeah. that. I thought the writing was sustained. This one I just thought was just kind of endless fighting. Yeah. And and some sometimes, like, I, honestly, I'm I'm a fan of a good Thor fight scene, right? I don't know if I needed five issues of it. And nothing is here about him losing his, because that great thing where he lost his hammer in Original Sin, that that doesn't get talked about here at all, does it? Well, uh, well, I think continuity wise, it hadn't happened yet because right, okay, these okay. issues are happening smack dab in the middle because he even says towards the end, he's right. like, "I've got to go back to Midgard." And I've got to, you know, I've got to help out with yeah. other stuff that's going on. Uh, so I don't think the hammer thing has happened. Okay. Um, but because that would have been really interesting. Oh my! Trying to beat all, uh, defeat all the the hot babes of heaven without a hammer. Um, yeah. My gosh! It's just like I almost thought like like the uh, the Wonder Woman movie. Uh, all yeah. the warriors of Themyscira. That's kind yeah. of the vibe I got from them. Yeah, I did too. Again, it was a little bit to me. I was a bit like, well, I kind of have seen this before. Like, I know, I know what's going on here. I don't know. Yeah. I, it just didn't seem to me. It, it seemed like the stakes. We were being asked to believe that the stakes were so high that Thor would drop everything and instantly leave. Like he's like yeah. that great scene, you know, with Luke Cage, and and that he would then that these are the events that are going to lead to him losing so much of his own self-belief that he'll even lose the ability to hold his own hammer and so we're asked to believe that the stakes are really high but what we're given instead is basically uh, a superhero a bit like wonder woman yeah uh, and, and and oh and they live on a in a realm that we never heard of before but it was like yeah but we're always being introduced to those kind of things aren't we like that doesn't seem that big a deal really well i think so the thing about this story that I think maybe maybe that maybe maybe I didn't understand it. That's perfectly it's a perfectly you know reasonable thing. Um, but I feel like the main conflict, the like the physical conflict of Thor and Loki versus the angels, is like yeah that that was cool like visually it was cool, but the yeah. real really the conflict is everybody conflicted with Odin. Like yeah. Thor feels like the 10th, literally the 10th realm was kept from Thor and Loki. Odin yeah. could have told them that. 
yeah, yeah. Angela is the daughter of Odin. Odin could have told her that. Uh, and the Queen of Heaven, her main conflict is with Odin. And Odin doesn't show up until yeah, the last panel of the fourth issue. Hey, what is that? What is that hut that he's in? He's in prison? or He's in this kind yeah. of like dreamland hut. Yeah. He's playing chess with somebody. In. So uh, his, I, I do know one thing. He's playing chess with his brother, Kull, right. who okay. is the serpent god. Okay. Um, I, but I'm not familiar at, of the timeline of why he's there. Right. Um, I just know that at that time, Odin is not the ruler of Asgard. Uh, yeah. Freya and the All Mothers are the yeah. leaders of Asgard at that point. Um, yeah. But they had to break him out of there. So apparently, um, apparently it was serious enough that he needed to be held there. Uh, I have a feeling maybe it involves his brother Cull and you know the Pale King and the Dark King fighting over the chess set yeah. that was talked about in that episode. Hey, do you know, to get all kind of meta, do you remember, so la in last week when we were talking about original sin, which was an idea that vigilantes are always trying to solve problems, but they basically are creating their own problems all the time anyway. Yep. This is an interesting take that it's the other way around. So here's Odin. He's the opposite of a vigilante, right? He's absolute sovereign. He is the law. And yes. he's trying to control everything from, a, from the law point of view. And he also is creating problems everywhere he goes. <laughs> I, I would actually i would actually submit submit for your consideration yeah that odin does not solve a lot of problems no he's always trying to compartmentalize people so that they, he's trying to control how much information everybody knows and it always leads it always comes back and bites him in the ass oh, uh, always yeah he's a real villain odin so, he's not a good guy uh i actually uh, a while back i did um well, no, actually, I did a, I did the supporting characters. I did a top five supporting characters of Thor. And oh, yeah. I had, uh, a few people reach out to me and say, like, why isn't Odin on this list? And I'm like, Odin is the furthest thing from an ally that Thor's ever had. Yeah, he's not a supporting character. If I'm putting together a, a top five enemies of Thor, yeah, Odin he's makes the list. Um, yeah. But they're always in conflict. And I feel like uh, Odin is, Odin is... Odin is perpetually his own worst enemy. Like he constantly creates problems for himself by being this brash bullheaded, like I am, I am the man. Like, why aren't you guys realizing that I'm the man? Um, yeah. He's very pompous, very, very self-absorbed. He's, he's infatuated with his own power and it doesn't lead many positive places. Why does Thor turn out so good? How come he's so good? If he had that kind of screwed up family, Loki, it makes sense. Loki growing up with Odin as a father, that makes sense. You know he up being Loki. That's a question I've never actually, I've never actually asked. Is it, is it because he, that. is it because Thor, you know, came to earth and learned how to be a real, a real person or something? Is that Maybe. part of the story? He learned how to be a real boy. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it, that honestly, because I know Odin's intention for Thor was that he learned humility, which right. is the pot calling the kettle black. Um, right. Like, you know, oh, you need to go learn how to be humble, like learn how to respect the people of Earth. And it's like, OK, Dad, when are you taking your trip? Right. Like, um, you know, it's, it's the, you know, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. um way of looking at that and and one thing uh for for fans who 
you may you may not go out and read a lot of Thor comics, but you know the Thor movies. The Anthony Hopkins Odin has his secrets, but Anthony Hopkins uh, Odin is I would not say a accurate comic book portrayal of Odin. Right. Odin is Odin in comic books is much more uh greek pantheon zeus like like he's very manipulative and he works behind the scenes a lot of different ways and he's very um he's just very scummy um not a great dad at all i don't think he's winning the father of the year award anytime soon um but uh yeah they're very different um you know anthony hopkins odin has like one secret and hella is his secret but in comics he has like a thousand and one secrets and Angela in this yeah. storyline is one of them. I guess maybe that was, that's right. Cause Hela in the movies, I guess maybe that's why I found the idea of Thor having a secret sister was a bit underwhelming to me. And maybe that's it just cause in the movies, I was like, yeah. oh yeah, I've seen this story before. Yeah. Which is, a, it's not the comic book writer's fault. When did this, when did this storyline come out? Like 2015 or something? So the Angela story, Angela became a, a bigger deal in Marvel comics in like 2014, 2015. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, and then Ragnarok came out. Oh, good grief! Off the top of my head, I want to say 2018. Yeah, so it's not the comics' fault. Like, I, no. I'm fully aware that like this story might have played out really different if I had read it when it was being published. But looking back yeah. at it now, having already watched the Ragnarok and all that, now it's kind of like, oh, okay, Thor has a sister. All right, we yeah. get it. <laughs> Thor has a sister, big deal. You know, that you know about Angela? Do you know? Do you know about the character Angela? Like where she came from, and do you know the story here? I know zero about her as a I don't know publication what, history. I know nothing. What was your comic history? Like, where did you, when did you start properly reading them and paying attention to them? What was your era? What brought you in? So uh, let's think. Well, so when I was, <laughs> this is great. I'm being interviewed on my own show. Um, so uh, my, hey, I'm a podcast host. This is no, I, yeah. If anyone's going to do it, you're overqualified. Um, so my Everyone, history. Listen to was, Tent Theology. <laughs> I got uh, I got some free Scholastics Book Fair uh, comics. I remember my first issue of comics was an Iron Man one shot that was like from the Extremis time period. But I was I, I don't remember how old I was. I was I was a child. And so I was just like, ooh, pictures, cool. Like, I didn't even know who Iron Man was. I knew nothing. And, and I, don't wow. come from, I don't come from an especially geeky family. Uh, like, my history of general nerddom is Star Wars. Star Wars yeah. and Lord of the Rings are my things that began all this. And then... But, but the, the, that Iron Man stuff, is that 20... What are we talking about here? 2015? 20... Ooh, I ex remember. Extremis? Extremis was... 2010. 2000s? before then yeah, yeah definitely in the 2000s but that's um, right i'll 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 look it up um as i'm as i'm just filling in the blanks here so then he ran off and yeah i uh, i did not live near a comic book store so i lived out in the middle of nowhere uh in you know midwest iowa and didn't really have i didn't really know comic book stores were a thing which is crazy because you know people from bigger towns probably you're like well yeah there was one down the street um or i could pick them up at 7-eleven well i couldn't um so i had to wait for the scholastics book fair to come through and you know all that stuff so um i remember though when i got into high school and early college i i went to some comic book stores i'm like okay wh what titles resonate here with me yeah and it was um 
Jason Aaron's Thor. So God Butcher, God Bomb, uh, and then um, okay, and then uh, you know Jane Foster's Thor, uh, and and the Thor movies. Like of the first phase of Marvel movies, Thor was the one that I would watch on repeat. Um, and we just did a review of that movie. That movie holds a very special place for the me. First Thor. The first Thor. Yep. Yeah. 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 And. You know, because I wasn't an educated comic book fan at the time. So, like, I didn't know who the Destroyer was. I didn't know who the Warriors 3 were. I knew nothing. Yeah. And, but that movie, like, made me want to fall in love with comics. So, it was Jason Aaron's Thor and Jeff Johns' oh, cool. Aquaman. Those are my two oh, cool. Those are my two titles that I started with. And then uh, I remember, you know, my friends at college, we would, every Wednesday, we would go to the comic book store. You know, my buddy would pick up Deadpool and Batman, and then I'd pick up my Thor and my Aquaman, and we'd go back yeah. to our dorm room and we'd read it. So, yeah, so, my, my history. Is I'm pretty- I'm older than you, right? So I'm I'm 45. So I was um, my comic entry really. I mean, I was as a kid, I was reading them, but I didn't pay attention. I didn't know anything about it. But when I started actually caring about it, was the mid 90s, and this was the whole bubble. I mean, the Marvel famously collapsed, like almost went out of yeah. business, right? It, it yeah. crashed in the late 90s. And so I was part of the the, the bubble. <laughs> I was being sucked into the bubble, which was uh, uh, the, the era of the superstar creators. Yeah. So, right. So you got Todd McFarlane. You've got Eric Larson. Yeah. Um, right. You've got Jim Lee. You got these guys who then they all went off and started image comics yeah famously so and this was the this was the era where you would collect like do you remember i don't know if you even know where todd mcfarlane was given spider-man he was given the run of spider-man i know i know his artwork from there i haven't read a ton of yeah right and 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 this was one of the very first times at least it was a big time where a rock star artist was given a title and he was able to write it and draw it yeah and it was out of continuity they said you can do whatever you want and it was like he was given the keys to the kingdom and he made i think a pretty good run actually the first 10 episodes the first 10 uh, issues or so were pretty good actually yeah and he did his own spider-man it's a really famous thing but they famously like printed multiple covers and people like me would buy them all and bag them up and make sure you know un- i've got unopened sealed spider-man Todd McFarlane covers and i've got also, the death of Superman. I've got I've got Superman in the white bag and the black bag, and I, I I've got all that stuff. I totally went for all. Of you them. know the you know what the value of those books are now? Like I no, I, I should look. Look, I, I should check it out. But one of the things that so then what happened was Todd McFarlane. Yeah. Who's this? Uh, 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 yeah, I mean, anyway, you probably know who you know who he is, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So Todd McFarlane then just. It, it all kind of went south with Marvel, as Marvel tends to do with artists and writers. Like things just don't work out. And and he and some others went off and started Image Comics. And one of Todd's first things he did with Image was Spawn. I don't know if you ever read Spawn. Yeah. And, yep. I've I've read any Spawn comic. <laughs> right. And I have Spawn number one, which must be worth something. I don't know. But oh uh, gosh. but I, nuts. I don't know if they're worth anything now because. When when they made Spawn number one, lots of little thirteen year old nerds like me bought lots of them, right? Yeah. So 
you're not a collector's item if you if it says number one collector's item on the cover it's not a collector's item so <laughs> that's we were true all thinking, that's true we were all thinking we we're investing in the in our future you know but yeah yeah i mean it's probably worth about 10 bucks an hour or 30 bucks but i thought it was gonna be worth three thousand because you hear yeah, all these exactly. stories like superman number one forty thousand dollars like, oh wow that's yeah. gonna be but it's, anyway no action comics number one <laughs> oh but i do have spawn number one and i and yeah. i did like mcfarland and 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 he gets a bad rap now because he's kind of associated with that whole like bubble bursting comics just yeah all steak all sizzle no steak kind of thing all image no yeah i mean they even called his type his his line image, comic image it's just yeah. all all style no substance but i got into it i liked it you know yeah, yeah. And, and venom came out of that mcfarland was one of the first uh D david michelin and todd mcfarland were the first people to create venom yeah. for example so there's some good some fun stuff that came out of that era yeah. i think but then uh spawn I, I can't remember which which number it was it's pretty early on in the spawn run they interest so spawn is a demon he's like a, a a guy sort of released from hell in order to fight other demons or something yeah. i don't know the story but angela shows up and she's this she's this sort of uh angelic demon hunter type person yeah and she's in the spawn world and she was written by uh, Neil Gaiman. So Neil Gaiman was asked to come in and guest write for Spawn. And he invented the Angela character. And then, weirdly, so remember that Todd McFarlane had left Marvel because he, he was upset yeah. that, oh, you don't give creators their due rights. You don't, we create characters for you and you don't, you don't give us our what's yeah. due. You don't pay us enough. So I got to start my own line. Image comics where creators own their own characters. Yeah. And Neil Gaiman created a character for Todd McFarlane. Did Todd McFarlane give Neil Gaiman the credit and give him the money? No, he did not. Right. Well, it was one of these okay. like really interesting events where you could see the real world business and politics of comics. And so the Angela story was a big deal. And Neil Gaiman yeah. took Todd McFarlane to court and it, it was, it was in, they were in court for a long time over the rights to this character. And uh, eventually, I'm probably getting some of the details wrong here, but yeah. uh, uh, in the court to settle it, one of the things that happened was they, uh, Neil Gaiman won the court case. And one of the things he got out of it was he got the rights to Miracle Man. Do you know who Miracle Man is? I know the name. I don't know a lot about the character itself. Yeah, it was, it was one of these sort of ancient uh, characters which the rights had been all tied up in courts for ages and it ended up in Todd McFarlane's hands and then Todd McFarlane had to give it to Neil Gaiman in part payment for Angela oh, and then Neil, you know and, and it just led to some in, and Alan Moore was all involved as well because he used to write for Miracle Man and so it's just kind of a like it's there's some kind of interesting stories of real world character yeah. creation going on here so I don't know what happened to Angela after that, but she then got bought back into Marvel. Somebody, when Neil Gaiman won, he won the court case. I got to go and look this up on Wikipedia. Or yeah, something. yeah. Basically, the headline is the fact that she's now in the Marvel universe is like a big fu to Todd McFarlane and Image Comic. Well, fun, <laughs> right? It's there's it, she's been brought in to Marvel as a way to kick 
real world creators in the crotch. Like she, she wasn't brought in for artistic reasons. She was brought in because like, we need to start using this character now because we won her in court and we really want to stick it to Todd McFarlane, and rub his face in it. Well, I mean, this so Marvel this, has this woman, they don't really know what to do with her. And they made her a guardian of the galaxy and then they made her blah, blah, blah. And now they've made her Thor's sister. I mean, aesthetically, she does fit in the, the look of Thor's world. And yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to see um, maybe um, maybe we'll down the road. We'll do a um, we'll do a, a deep dive on her limited series, the as Asgard's assassin okay. or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I'm that was her first solo. Do they keep any of the? Do they even pretend there's a spawn element? Like, do they say that she came from another another I, universe? Not that I've seen, but okay. but to me, like, could they even do that? Like, could yeah, you reference spawn in a Marvel? Because yeah. he's one of the more like the the '90s kind of indie comics boom. Yeah. You know, like he's one of the main headliners that you hear. Like, uh, Spawn was the first. Um, I think it was one of the neighbor back in the nineties or early two thousands, whenever this came out. Um, I remember one of the neighbor kids was like, you should come over and watch this new superhero movie. Uh, and I was right, like, Oh, yeah. who's a superhero. And they're like, his name is Spawn. And I was like, <laughs> that sounds like something my mom would never let me watch. No, uh, no. But I was like, who is Spawn? Like, cause I knew enough about characters. It's literally know- a superhero from hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. mom, can I watch this? She's like, no. No, and don't even ask me about that Hellboy thing. Um, so, uh, yeah, but he's one of those characters that you know he he's he's outside of the big two, yeah. and he's still you know I would say he's relatively mainstream. Yeah, he's at still least going, yeah. at least the name is mainstream. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, I but mean, yeah. So I'm sure the Marvel universe doesn't reference the Spawn thing anymore. Yeah, might have to be like a special crossover. Big but like the, the the Angela thing, universe doesn't need another redhead walking around with a gold bikini on, right? Like that's not the fact that they call her Angela and stuff. Is there's some what's just more fun is just to see that this is this is a conversation that the creators are having with other creators. That's why yeah. she's in here, right? Yeah. And now you're watching her do something with her. And yeah. It'd be interesting to see if they can make a, a good storyline out of her. I don't yeah. think this one is that story though. Well, yeah, because she's more she's ancillary to this story. Yeah, yeah. She's basically a prop piece until yeah. the last issue, and then um, she's set free. She realizes she doesn't need yeah. her, and, her father well, anymore. Her yeah. last, her last. I think the last little bit of narration for her is she did not have a she did not have a home in heaven or on Asgard, and then just yeah. you're like flying away. Yeah. So it, they leave it open ended for them to do something with her, and that yeah. spins into Asgard's assassin. Um, okay. So yeah. I guess we'll see. Maybe one day she'll become a big household name. Maybe she'll be become like a Black Widow or something. But maybe I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but any other last kind of thoughts about as we wrap up the Tenth Realm story? Um, and we wrap up our we wrap up our time with Stephen Backhouse for. Oh, I like the trippy. I like the God stuff. I mean, I, I enjoy I enjoy those scenes of, of Odin with his brother in, in this mystical nether region. And I enjoy that sort of stuff. I always like these storylines with the Thor world where it's it's endlessly recurring. Like Loki is always a trickster. He's always yeah. going to be a traitor. And uh, Thor is always going to be 
like the the dutiful son who then has a crisis of self-confidence yeah. and odin is always going to be the master manipulating father figure like i quite enjoy that that there's something archetypical about them and mythical and they just keep yeah. repeating the same they're almost like they're all doomed to repeat the same story over and over again so i, I find that fun when marvel does that where they they draw from the the mythic world of stuff i i enjoy that those aspects so there is a this uh <laughs> little itty bitty tangent here uh i once asked uh, a small group of thor fans you know what if if you had to define thor and his world with one panel uh-huh. what panel would you choose and there is a panel from walt simonson's surter saga okay. where it is thor odin and loki all in very heroic stances thor says for midgard uh-huh. odin says for asgard and the loki says for myself oh yeah yeah cool and i thought to myself that's good yeah that's about if you're going to talk about the three main like linchpin characters yeah. of the family dynamic in asgard that's a pretty good way of describing their dynamic and so like that's to me that speaks to what you just said like those characters have the consistency of like every so like every you know every iteration every incarnation it has to come back to you know Odin is for Asgard above all. Thor is going to defend Earth above all, and Loki is eventually going to turn the situation um, towards his own favor. So I I, I I agree with that. I I think I missed. I would like to have seen more Thor in this. Actually, like I just didn't feel like he was. I like the Thor in the MC in the Marvel movies. He's funny, and and there's something quite charming and funny about him, and kind. Like he. Whereas I didn't see this at all. Does that happen elsewhere? Like what, what kind of Thor book should I be reading right now if I want to read something where it's just a little bit more shows a, a spark of character or something? So, I, you, know, you know what? Before I give you the recommendation, I will say I, 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 I see that exactly. The, they play a lot into Thor being a tortured, you know, he's a tortured soul and yeah. he's very, you know, um, you know, Am I worthy? Am I not? Am I worthy? Am I not? Um, I would say that a lot of that you have to get in glimpses um, because, because Thor's main thing is worthiness and being, being the, the vanguard of the nine realms or the 10 realms. Now um, I think if you're looking for that vibe from a Thor comic, read Jane Foster's Thor. Okay because she's because because jane jane's version of the character initially is much more uh she's much more peter parker-esque in where she's like i have all these powers what do i do with all these powers good grief like he had this power all the time and like she's much more like gee wow like all that kind of stuff as she's figuring out whereas thor now in in comics especially with donny cates and nick klein's run the current run of thor he's settling into his role as king and he definitely does not approach that with any form of uh of of levity um there are there are moments of levity um like anytime frog thor shows up he is awesome uh but also there's like one shot see him in loki did you see him in the loki loved it (laughs) And then and, uh, immediately, like they showed a frog and I was yeah. like, immediately, I was like, uh, you know what? 
it's all it's all good from this point on uh but i loved i loved that reference um i also loved the thanos helicopter um that brought me infinite quite wow i didn't realize the pun i was doing there infinite Infinite. amount of joy uh so uh yeah i would say if you're looking for that vibe from a thor comic i would read some jane foster yeah because i think it's most fun because thor is silly like what's fun about him is that that he's silly but doesn't know it or his seriousness is very silly in That's, other contexts it's and the fish so, out of water thing i don't mind him being serious and speaking in shakespearean language like i don't mind that but i want i want the the story to recognize that other people also think that silly yeah whereas what i saw right now in this one that we read nobody thought any of it was silly and it was all being presented as super high stakes and it was yeah. and i was like no there's the best Thor stories are the ones where people have a bit more fun with him. Even if he doesn't know it, even if it's at his expense. Right. I think he, I agree with that. So, so much like he is often in comics. I will make a clear distinction there. Yeah. yeah. Um, He is often the, if you're looking at a classic comedy duo, he is the straight man. Yeah. And, and what makes him, what makes him funny or what makes his stories funny are the people around him playing off him like that's why he has the warriors three like those guys yeah. are there to bring levity and they're yeah, supposed right. to bring his spirits up you know yeah. the frog the frog the frog exists to be fun like that's yeah. you know that's his role okay, so there are there are so uh I'll, I'll read the jane foster ones what else is there is there any way with actual thor so uh i think I think Walt Simonson's Thor okay. is equal parts epic, yeah, and incredibly entertaining. I mean, that's the famous one, right? I mean, that yes, yeah. and and I think so I've got some old ones in my I don't, collection. I don't, somewhere. I don't like to be a broken record um, about it, but like, I mean, it's it's the run of Thor for a reason. Yeah, right. And you know, and it's it's done so masterfully. Like the first, I think the first twelve issues uh are are just perfection um and, and then after that they get into some more like whimsical fairy tale kind of stuff which is right which is more more it's more levity than you would normally get um right. so yeah I, I think there's moments but if you're looking for a run of thor like the mcu thor um you might have to get it in bits and pieces the other thing is do you ever deal with the uh with the um uh the new like was it not not the miles morales universe what was that the ultimate oh. universe the ultimate do you ever deal with the ultimate thor so uh like on the show or personally yeah in, in the show so uh i'm actually uh i'm gonna be working with uh, a buddy of mine who actually lives over in london too uh and he uh he loves the ultimates yeah he loves the ultimate thor and i do not know the ultimate universe well so i'm gonna be sometime this year we're gonna that was fun like the ultimate so you can tell when you're watching the marvel movies how the ultimate universe is really influencing thor a character as well yeah but they what so what they what the ultimate universe does is they make it really strange how there's a god walking amongst us like he's just this mysterious being that sort of shoots out of the sky and then disappears yeah. and is just like a god and he hardly has any character at all he doesn't even talk very much i don't think in the old okay so that kind of godlike being who can shoot lightning uh and control the weather and and whatever 
comes into the Marvel universe in the movies, but then also brings with it the Walt Simonson kind of funny character. And so yeah. I feel like the Marvel movies do a really good job of taking those two characters of Thor. Yeah. But I, I really, you should, uh, you should definitely look at the ultimate Thor and see what they uh, do. Cause I will give it a shot. The, the idea, the ultimate is a storyline is great when, when the characters are building a team and then all of a sudden a God shows up. <laughs> and like, oh crap, now what do we do? We've we've become a real team. Something's happening. He has to be on the team, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's and there's some really good vibes, a bit similar to the way Hawkman feels on the Avengers. It's like, I'm just the guy with the bow and arrow. What am I doing here? Well, when Thor shows up at the ultimate, it's like, why do we need anybody else? Like, what is our purpose? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like he can play all the positions. Why yeah. do we need? <laughs> but yeah, I'll, well, I'm I uh, I'm glad that. The, the 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 transferring of recommendations is always good i'm always looking for because I, i've not read every thor comic and um what's funny is some people who are maybe less familiar with how many comics there are like oh so you've read all of thor i'm like no i've scratched the surface yeah. he is my favorite character for a reason but that doesn't mean i know everything about him and he's been going since the 60s or something so i think this year this year will be his 60th anniversary so crazy yeah. I'm sure we'll do a bunch of a bunch of anniversary episodes and the first time that Thor like scratches butt or something like that. Or, I don't know. <laughs> uh, the, uh, we'll, we'll make everything a, a big special episode um, this year. So, but man, Stephen, thank you so much for joining me for the, for the, the 10th realm story and really the 10th realm story and then a bunch of other stuff. Um, so thank you so much, sir. I uh, appreciate it. And as we say on the show, we'll, we'll see you down. Uh, we'll see you down the road. Yeah, I am really glad to have been here. Thanks for inviting me, Ryan. Well, that is going to do it for our episode today, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the conclusion of our conversation with Stephen Backhouse. He was, uh, like I said last week, he's just a great guy to talk. He's a great guy to know, great guy to talk to. He is one of the most intelligent people I've heard break down comics. So, uh, yeah, he rem- kind of reminds me of Douglas Wolk uh, that we had on a while back. So, Stephen, if you ever if you ever are hard on hard up on work, just go review some comics. I think you would be great at it. So before we leave you today, I'm going to give you a unique Ryan recommends today. And this is more it comes from my heart to to hopefully your heart your ears your your brain um there's a thing that happens sometimes in comic book communities in nerd fandom communities where nerds and people that are a part of fandoms they can kind of be jerks where we we have we have such a deep love for the thing that we love whether it's comics star wars star trek you know game of thrones whatever harry potter whatever and we we love that thing so tightly and we we can't we can't let loose and it makes it really hard for other people to engage with that fandom because we become we become gatekeepers we tell people how they can enjoy the thing that we already enjoy and we 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 kind of become isolationist about those things and here's why i'm saying this 
I love comics and I want more people to enjoy comics. That's really why this podcast exists. I don't want less people to enjoy Thor. I want more people to enjoy Thor. I love his stories. I love what they've taught me and I want more people to enjoy them. So this week, I recommend that you read the comics you enjoy. If you love old school comics, read old school comics. If you love new if you love new comics, read new comics. If you love both, read both. I personally love both. There aren't a lot of comics that I dislike unless and of course you learned, you know, last week on the original sin show, I don't enjoy the Punisher. So, but read the things you enjoy. Love the things you love, love the people you love, love uh, the the creativity that you have, enjoy the things that you enjoy. And if someone doesn't like that you enjoy that thing, okay, move on, move on. Um, surround yourself by people that feed, that feed you uh, intellectually, uh, emotionally, um, and physically. Don't forget to surround yourself by people that, that feed you physically. <laughs> but yeah, all that to say, enjoy the things you enjoy. If someone doesn't enjoy that thing, great, move on, enjoy the comics you enjoy. And uh, yeah, I think we'll all be better served if we just let each other enjoy the thing we want to enjoy. So that being said, here's some great ways that you can continue to enjoy across the Bifrost. You can go and follow us on Instagram at Mighty Thor Podcast. You can go join our free Facebook group where we just ask that you be kind and courteous to the other Thor fans that are there. We've got a great little following there. So there's a lot of people there that would love to talk Thor comics with you. You can go search at Across the Bifrost Mighty Thor Podcast group on Facebook. You can also leave a rating or review and a subscription here wherever you're listening, whether it's on iTunes, Spotify, or any other pod service, go do that. It'd be a great way to support the show. Please, we just, you know, we want to know that you're out there. <laughs> we want to know that you're out there and that you're enjoying what we're putting out. So that'd be a great way to do that. And if you have thoughts about the show, comments, things that you just uh, want to tell us, uh, we also have an email that I've <laughs> I've been neglecting to mention. We have an email. It's mightythorpodcast at gmail.com. Go there, and we would love to chat with you. So all those are great ways you can go and support us. Don't forget Patreon, 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 Patreon. We have new stuff coming up there this week. It's probably already up there by the time you're listening to this. So you should go get on that, and you should go check out our new Patreon-exclusive show, I've Got Issues with Ryan. So that is all for today, friends. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation. I hope you enjoyed this little chat, these reminders that we like to send your way. We appreciate you. We appreciate you so much. And as I tell you every single week, friends, dear listeners, sojourners aboard the Bifrost, wherever you are in the nine realms, I remind you to stay worthy. <laughs>